Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of Game Stuff. I'm your gaming gal, Kalai, and with me today is Roberto. What's up, Roberto? Uh, okay. Um, the quarantine's starting to get to me a little bit. I'm missing the, the familiarity of friends, but uh, we'll see people in the real. But otherwise, doing okay. Got a nice iced coffee, and I got Buffalo Wild Wings. And we're joined by Joe today. Hey, Joe, what's hey, up? Hey, what's up, guys? You got... Buffalo allowing and you're not sharing? The hell, man. Quarantine rules. And uh, Corey is back. Thank you for joining us today, Corey. How are you? Not too bad. Just, uh, you know, decided to uh, come down. And I mean, it, this is the closest we get to hanging out. Social distancing, distancing rules, you know. Come see our faces through a camera. You know, it's how me and Joe have been in a relationship for like four years that way. Does Kathy know you're in a relationship? Um, she does. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where she tries to just ignore it. She's as long as it just sticks to camera play and doesn't go anything past that, she's totally fine with that. Okay. For those of you that are new to our show, we are a conversational podcast for gamers by gamers about gaming. This week's topic of the show is we're going to be discussing how do the leaks, uh, video game leaks, affect the industry. Uh, but before we go into that, uh, let's head over to our backlog beatdown, which is pretty much updated. Uh, let's see. So we have JT at 58, CJ at 57. So that's interesting. Daryl's at 30. Joe's at 24. I am at 20. I'm coming for you, Joe. James McCall's at 17. Tricky Mick is at 14. Roberto is 12, man. He's climbing those boards. Gareth is 10. Homer gets stuffed is 10. Levi is 6. Tanner is 5. Uh, Glenn is 4. Jim is 4. Andrew, Middle Moss is 3. Derek is 1. Joshua Craps is 1. Corey is 1, but doesn't count. But I read it anyways. <laughs> Simon is 1. Veronica is at 0. Um, Actually, I think Homer gets stuffed is at 9, not... 10 because it looks like something got messed up in the sheet that I have to fix. So sorry about that. Zachary Ledford is at minus one. Daniel Jones is at minus two. Who's frosty? Oh, yeah. Definitely something's up with the Homer Gets Stuff. Sorry about that, Homer. Somehow uh, things got messed up, and I'll go ahead and get that fixed for next time. So let's get our conversation started as we always do. Roberto, what have you been playing? Oh boy, quite a bit of stuff, uh, and I'll only tease a little bit for next week. Um, uh, it was just—I'm just gonna say for me, despite some of the, the the struggles of the quarantine right now and the lockdown, it was like Christmas uh, time for me at least. Um, got a lot of stuff to to tell you about for next week, but for this week, we're gonna start it off with a brand new game. Deliver us the moon. 
Anyone heard of it? Oh yeah. Anyone? I remember. Gory Joe. I, I saw that. No, I haven't heard I have of it. Not. How about you? I, have not. I saw I saw a little bit of it, but um unfortunately what I saw was that it's on Xbox uh Game Pass for free. Fucking Game Pass. If it's on Game Pass, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Download it. You you are you can't it, you have nothing to lose, and I can tell you it is a fantastic game. Dude, I feel like, like PlayStation won the won the, the race, but Microsoft's starting to win the war now. Like Game Pass is seriously kicking some ass right now. Oh, against the PlayStation now for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, so um Alright, so Deliver Us the Moon. Let me just start it off by saying it sounds a little like there just to just for me, a title like that is gripping. Like this could have been just called Lunar Adventure or The Blackout or something, something generic. But this is like Deliver Us the Moon, like that that prayer, you know, that the Roman Catholics have, you know, Deliver Us from Evil. So this is like Deliver Us the Moon. So it is the year 2050. The Earth is covered in dust and dirt in an endless cycle of environmental violence. But in 2040, we had a lunar base on the moon, a, you know. Like the elite moon luna, just like Dr. Evil and Awesome Powers 2. And we invented something called microwave energy. There was this giant energy source, helium-3. And it turns out, if you shoot a giant laser from the moon to the Earth, you can power everybody. Clean, unlimited power. And that helps everything, including the, envi- the, the fight against climate change and everything. But suddenly, the laser turns off. There's a blackout. No one can figure it out. And because of this, nobody wants to figure out what happened. Uh, dust storms sweep in. No one can launch a rescue mission. And the World Space Agency, the people who were able to put the laser on the moon, is disbanded. So this is where you come in. For four years, you've been training in the simulators for the largest and biggest mission of your life. A mission to determine the fate of humankind. To go to the moon and restore power. And that's what it is. So it's cool. It's really cool. I played the game at PAX East uh, last year, and the team is uh, has like science backgrounds, and the dev team actually has uh, a hu- not only a huge interest in science, but they're using grounded science to create a believable adventure on the moon, into space, and on the moon. So um, the way zero gravity works, believable space technologies, this like where you go, the ships, how it works. All that is grounded in, in, in realistic science. It's an exploration game. So you go around and you um, try and collect clues and you figure out puzzles to find out what happened. I'm about more than halfway through. It's, I'm going to try and finish it up and then 100% later on. And it is a great game. If you have Game Pass, you should just download it because it's a very good adventure. Especially if you have a, a, a fondness for the sciences. Uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, would probably approve this game. So yeah, um, does uh, do you guys like have any science fondnesses, anything like that in video games, or you know, or, or I have or... a science background. Yeah, yeah, I like science. Bill, not a science guy. Anybody, or did you all like watch Beekman? Oh, World? Trials. I watched both. Somewhat. I watched Beekman's World and, and Bill, not a science guy, and Mr. Wizard. Do you remember Mr. Wizard, or were you too young for that? No. Miss Frizzle was my girl. Magic school bus, but then again, it was magic. Like, magic's not science. 
So Bill Nye signs that for me. Yeah. So Kalai, uh, just curious. So you have a marine. I I think I recall you have a marine bio background. Correct. But you work in 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 the job that you work. We're in. not going to say. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> let's not talk about what I work in. It's it's classified. Sore subject right now. Yeah. Um. They don't want. They don't want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. So interesting though. Uh. But anyways, we'll move on. Um. So uh. Later on. We have, um, so next up, I finally finished the single-player campaign. Well, not really single-player campaign, but the main story campaign to Warhammer 40,000K Inquisitor Martyr. What a good game. If it wasn't so buggy. Yeah, so, uh, I mentioned this on the show before for our listeners, uh, many times before. Uh, back in 2018 when I went to E3, I met the guys. They, they, you know, I love their game. Uh, I managed to boost uh, Kali up with a Steam key, and then I got a PS4 review key. So this game came out in 2018. I loved it then. It's gotten so much better even now. Um, it is ridiculously good, and they've they've continuously released like patches that not only expand the game, but also improve the performance. So especially for consoles. So I can imagine like on Kali's machine, it's 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 a face melting experience now. Um, and then for PS4, it's gotten way better. So. For those that don't know, it is a action isometric action RPG in the vein of Diablo and other ones of that nature. It's set in the Warhammer universe. You are an inquisitor. You are a one-man special operations top secret agent of the emperor. So, you go on the missions no one dares asks. You are what the enemies fear at night. An inquisitor fears nothing for the emperor protects. You have access to everything, uh, advanced armor, tons of weapons. You go on various missions throughout the sectors. You fight all sorts of enemies of the Emperor, and uh, it is a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's like, it's, it can be a grind. I, I was working on the single player since at least 2018, and I kind of was like on and off, on again, off again, but I've been trying to play it daily, mainly because there's so much stuff to it now. There's co-op, there's online multiplayer, there's online co-op, Multiplayer, you know, and and v- PvP. There's daily objectives. There's random assignments. There's things that happen every week. There's a, a giant expansion that just launched last week, which is why I got this giant 22 gigabyte patch. Or was it 22 gigabytes or something like that? And uh, yeah, it is a ton of fun. And then there's three different classes of of Inquisitor you can ask uh, choose Psyker, Crusader, or the Assassin. So I'm I'm a Crusader class. Um, they also overhaul the, uh, leveling system. It used to be based on power level, but now it's like regular level. So I'm a level 42. So, uh, yeah. So what about you guys? You're like, you into Warhammer? Anybody played any of the Warhammer games? I played that one. It is good. Yeah. I, I like the sweet ass one they made on Xbox 360. The one that was like Gears of War. Space oh, that Marine, one was yeah. good. Yeah. Space Marine one. I played actually one of the ones I played was back in on the PS2. Uh, it was the very first, I think like first person warhammer game i'm trying to remember what the oh shit now i'm trying to remember what it was oh i can't remember but it wasn't yeah i know what you're talking about yeah you didn't play a space marine you played um somebody else but you'd like go and kill space marines you were against the space marines and i remember oh yeah yeah. oh man that game was so good under were you a rat no i can't remember what you were it was something but it was pretty funny yeah it was a good game though man that game was so good but yeah, I played. I've I'm, I've played the the 
Marauders one. Like uh, Brandon, uh, my good buddy Brandon actually recommended that I picked it up, and uh, I picked it up myself, and uh, it, it's a really good game on that sense. And then uh, the only thing we ever had a problem with is you know like like Roberto said and I said is that when I tried to play it cooperatively with him, it would just like crash hard. And like it's not like me when me and Joe play. You know, Joe's on the other side of the world. That's why we have to have cam shows together, right? Like, we're, we were literally, like, we're maybe six-hour drive from each other and uh, having issues of, like, connectivity and, like, he would phase in and out. And it was just pretty much unplayable as a as a cooperative thing, unlike Diablo, where... Yeah, I noticed a lot of the Warhammer games have a problem because I've played the Inquisitor one and then we played that other one together. Chaos Bane. And we did have problems... Yeah, Chaos Bane. We had a lot of problems with online with no, that. Oh, yeah. That, he, uh, that's a famous story with that one. Yeah, Roberto got online with me. We got to the boss, and in the middle of the boss, he, like, he got put into a whole separate instance and never got the not uh, never got the actual uh, achievement yeah, for I beating the boss. Yeah, I had to, like, play it again. It was, it was... That was weird. I mean, we've been meaning to replay Chaos Bane again because they patched it up and they fixed a lot of the issues. And then I, I would encourage to revisit Inquisitor because, like I said, they've been patching it like crazy and it's it runs way better than it, it it has before at least on console i imagine on pc it's even better but um, i'll have to i'll have to take your word for it and maybe that'll be the next game that i download now that i've finished the games i've yeah. had yeah like they 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 like i said they, they've updated the hell out of this thing so um and the re- most recent patch was released uh literally on like fa- april 16th or something like that so uh yeah but if anyone's looking for an alternative to diablo um or needs an isometric rpg it is great, guys, and then it's like you don't even need to be like that big into Warhammer to, to to for the price of entry. Like if you like just sci-fi and 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 fantasy and that type of thing, I mean, it's your game. Um, okay, now I'm gonna move on to a Switch game. I have to. Oh my gosh, but I have to look it up because it's like I it's something Brigade. Um, and uh, it just I want to make sure I get the 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 the, the game right. Um. <laughs> But uh, I'll I'll build up to it. It's a mili- the the game I played on the Switch is a military strategy video game that's kind of like uh um kind of like uh, this this one game called a uh, Frozen Synapse Prime where it's like you you make decisions in real time and then it kind of follows like a cinematic thing. It's not like XCOM. It's like they, you you can like play it, put out a path, and then they follow the path, and then they they'll attack. But you have to kind of like, and then it stops, and then you play again, and then it stops and it plays again. So it's it's actually really cool. The game is called Broken Lines for the Nintendo Switch. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Anyone? No, no I haven't heard strategies. of it. Never heard of it. Sounds like that Robert Thick song. Bro- the question is, do you lines? fix the line afterwards? You can create the line, or you can delete it. <laughs> uh, yes, because that's how uh, that works. <laughs> so, Broken Lines comes from uh, a publish uh, a new publisher that was just founded uh, right before PAX East, and uh, I had access to to talk to. They're called Super.com. So, yeah, uh, yes, Super.com for Super Video Games. So super.com, they published this one, and what it is is you are a member of your British special 
team in World War II and you get shot down over a, a mysterious country. It doesn't seem to be necessarily German, but it doesn't seem to be Russian. And you fight this mysterious enemy that looks to be using like advanced technologies for weapons, for soldiers. And um, there's a whole campaign about this. So uh, I'm about maybe Mission 4, Mission 5 into it. I really like the combat. The visuals could have used a little work. Um, I just think that I've seen sharper visuals, you know, on on the Switch with a tactical game, but they're pretty good for what they are. And it's it's kind of like um, it's 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 like Frozen Synapse Prime and even Phantom Brigade, if anyone's been following that game, where you plot out where the soldier's going to go, and you can plot out special moves, like if they're going to attack a specific enemy, deploy a grenade, heal. And then you hit the play button, and then you follow these soldiers on that path. And, like, the path, you know, it's up to you where you want to go. You want to run in the open. You want to run towards cover. You want to run to a specific spot. It's entirely up to you what you want to do. As for the action, the combat's pretty neat. There's a lot of soldiers with different um, attributes. And then, of course, you have access to a bevy of weapons. Uh, Long rifles, um, SMGs, shotguns, uh, things of that sort. You can prioritize specific targets. You can, there's all sorts of different weapon, grenade types and abilities that you can use. So it's pretty, it's pretty neat. It's a definitely a different kind of a game. I like it. I've been playing it on portable. Um, I'd have to say I want to get a couple more missions in before I can give like a final review. Um, but it's a very, very, I think it's a strong game uh, for those looking for a different tactical th- strategy or like a more militaristic type of game. And uh, it's uh, pretty neat. Like anyone here have any any fond memories of an RTS, military RTS, anything like that? Like anyone mm, played Command and Conquer? Um, pretty much like <laughs> like Age of Empires. Um, I played a lot of that. Uh, other RTSs I've really played is um, like Starcraft and things like that. Like I played a lot of that. Um, never was that good. Never as good as like some of my buddies would be like, hey. Let's play. Okay, everyone gets 10, 15 minutes, and then I'll, and then I'll release the fog of war, and I would release the fog of war in StarCraft, and then he'd be like, "Hey, look, my base is like twenty times your size." And I'll be like, "Oh, sweet." He's like, "I'm gonna go kill you now with my fifteen hundred soldiers." I'm like, "I'll accept my death." Right. Um. Yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. Well, that's cool. The the Age of Empires. I never played Age of Empires. What a good game that was. I'm glad that they yeah. remastered it and put it so that actually newer PCs can actually run the thing. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. Now, um, lastly, did I mention to fold apart or no? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, the, 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 I didn't mention it last week? No. Oh, okay. Real quick. So... I thanks to the guys at Evolve PR and Terminal via uh, Terminal IO, I got access to play A Fold Apart. It is a really nice game for the Switch. It's exclusive to the Switch right now. It's a, it's um, just bring the tissues. It is a story based adventure game, but the but with like puzzle elements. But the puzzle elements involve the fact that the levels are made of paper. Uh, as in like, and then you have to fold the paper like origami to get in and progress with the level. It's it's a lot easier than it sounds, but it's a mesmerizing and beautiful experience, at least so far. Um, basically, um, it's a game about long distance relationships. The developer 
had a member that experienced the long distance relationship and you know the the, the triumphs and the struggles that come with it and th throughout the game you fold paper from the top or the bottom and uh you know to progress to the level and uh you actually it, it's done in a really interesting style like the game is on a table but then the level is on like a piece of paper that's in front of you and then there's depth like the game really has like a sensation of depth like you your character walks in the paper and the paper could be like let's say a city mm -hmm. and the city moves and has like parallax scrolling that type of thing and then you fold the paper to try like let's say there's a disconnected bridge you fold the paper and try and get the bridge to connect so your character can hop into the other side or hop into the next thing and then mm. another piece of paper comes in and you just cross over and things like that it's um the music's really beautiful the color is magnificent um there's also a lot of accessibility options so it's not just a guy and a girl if um for anybody out there you know you, you can select a girl and a girl or a guy and a guy uh, non-binary that type of thing so uh that's the, the accessibility options exist there but it's a really nice story and um I'm not gonna lie. It's just like it makes me smile a little bit, you know. I mean, it's it's a nice, it's a nice, nice story so far. Um, uh, <laughs> does it sound interesting to anybody or? Uh, no, because I would probably cry because I don't need to be reminded of a long distance relationship. <laughs> I mean, to me, like the way it sounds, it sounds like a lot of um. I played a lot of games like that where it's um. Like, uh, one good one was, uh, that a lot of people didn't play was, oh, shit, now I'm gonna forget the name. Uh, it was a PS3, or PS4, uh, release title, and it, it was PS Plus when it first came out, and you would end up going into the background of pitch, in sh Pictures and Shadows, I'm trying to remember what the heck the name is. Oh, why could I not remember the name? Wow. Um... It's escaping me. Really escaping me. I mean, there's Tearaway, which came out for the Vita. Right, Tearaway. And then... Yeah. sold terribly, and then they made it for the PlayStation. <laughs> Tearaway's a great yeah, game, a, though. It, you know, it's in the same vein a little bit, with just the color type and stuff like that, you know, and um, the style, although, like, the games couldn't be any more different, but same little ballpark, in a sense. Um, yeah. Try to remember the game. There's, there's, you keep on going. I'm gonna look it up, and I'll, I'll get back to you. Right. And last game I'm gonna mention is this one I'm still working on. It's called In Other Waters. It's for the Nintendo Switch as well. It's, uh, so, apparently you're an artificial intelligence inside of a suit, and the suit is on an alien planet, and apparently there's a human in it. So you have to help this human out. It's interesting because you're on an alien world, and you explore this alien world, and try and chart a course through things, and, but you never get a third-person perspective. Like, I, the, the cover makes you think you can see, like, your whole body and stuff, but that never happens. Like, you're in this, like, computer format, and you can, like, make commands and stuff like that, and then, like, decisions. Not, well, I shouldn't say commands, like, decisions to go here, go there, and then it just moves, and then the doctor kind of communicates with you with what's going on. So the objective is to find out why she got marooned there and what's going on in the alien planet. So, so far it's good. I mean, it's cool. It's different. It has a good narrative. The, the colors are interesting. Um has like like blues and yellows and the music's nice and calming and it's like kind of it's it's an interesting different experience i need to play it more to kind of determine if it's like you know what kind of a game uh if it's worth if it's you know worth the, the, the price of admission um but it's pretty neat i have to say it's 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 a nice little experimental type of title so far and i like underwater games and stuff that takes place in the future and sci-fi so 
that's it for me. Um, we're going to have a lot of more stuff to talk about next week. So in any case, uh, Joe, how about you? So I, um, I've been very Switch heavy this week. Played a few PS4 games, but I've really spent a lot of time, like, not in my game room. So I've been taking my Switch downstairs and, you know, watching TV with my wife and playing some Switch. Um, so I was playing, I got really into Mario Maker 2 again. And um, I actually just finished the um, the story. If you can call it a story, it's really just like a tutorial to tell you, teach you how to like use different mechanics in the game. But then they also throw like, I think it's like a hundred levels at you and you have to rebuild um, the castle because Bowser like destroys the castle. So you have to rebuild it like piece by piece. So you talk to the toads and you get missions. And when you get the missions, you have to beat a certain amount to build each piece. But you also, Mm -hmm. each level's also, each level's also a certain amount of um, coins like each part of the castle you have to purchase first and then you have to start beating the levels to unlock to like get hammers and the hammers help the toads build the castle. It's a really cool game if you guys haven't checked out Mario Maker 2. They it's it's kind of like a Mario Maker 1.5 in the sense that they didn't add too much of to it. I mean the slopes really made made it cool so you can make like slopes in your levels and you can make water levels that are vastly better than they used to be. Right. Uh, I just think and I heard that they they just released the last uh, patch for it, and it's amazing. Oh my god! Did you hear what they added? Um, kind of. You can build a game now. Basically, you can you can build worlds. Cool. Yeah, it's something now... that probably should have been there in launch because it would have helped like the community scene a lot. But I think that it's really going to revitalize, and I think it's a good thing to have during the quarantine is you know, a nice, chunky update to a game like this. Um, do any of you have experience playing Mario Maker 2? I actually own it. Nope. Um, I have to go back to playing it. I mean, it's easy plus I'm not one. Into... Oh, I'm not into, like, building my own level. Neither am I. I. If you really want to challenging yourself, play Matt's from our uh, good friend Matt of the podcast. His levels are difficult as crap. Which Matt? Um, Matt G. Oh, Matt G makes really difficult levels? Alright, cool. I'm gonna have to hit him up for some levels. Oh yeah, he'll be glad to, to give them to you. Then he'll laugh at you when you can't beat them. Great. That's what I need in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, I actually, actually was just gonna say, I, I think it's better off that they waited to release the meaty patch till the end to revitalize the community. I do too. Especially at a time like this. So, I think it right. was something that was definitely um, an E3 thing that I think got pushed forward. Yeah, I just kind of wish they could have supported it more in the long term. It seems like they kind of just... Let up. it die? Yeah. I mean, it came but, out here's something... only over the oh, summer. I said it only oh, yeah. came out over the summer. Right. It hasn't I... even been a year old. Like, Star no. Wars Battlefront 2, for example, is about to like release its last patch tomorrow. For comparison, that game came out two years ago. I grant, I know it's a completely different game. But What's the thinking. final patch tomorrow, if you don't want me asking? The Battle of Scarif. Oh, shit, really? I might have to log yeah. on and check it out, because I, I have like everything for that game. I love that, I love then, that game. Um, I gotta get back into it. But, um, Blue boxes and all. So you would think that Mario Maker would have gotten at least like maybe three or four patches before this last one. Yeah, it only but really you know got... I think? I think it only got three in total. Yeah. But... I think the next big thing, at least a good makeup with this, Super Mario Kart Maker. Oh my god, that would that would be amazing. Yeah, that would. 
Oh my god, that would be a dream. It'd be like uh, Mod Nation. Be like Mod Nation Racers, except better. Yeah, it'd be like so, dreams. Oh, yo, that's another topic. Like I don't know, but I I, I should buy. I, I need to buy that game. So Every time I look, it's like, right now. Best Buy. The things what that people are making? Are you serious the, right now? Yeah, Dreams is only twenty four bucks at Best Buy right now. Let me look this up. Let me look. In this. any case, I was gonna ask a segue into this for you, Joe. So sure. I took a look at your uh, your trophy thing on my my PlayStation timeline. So you've been busy in Control. Yes. Um. Yeah, we could segue into Control. Great, great segue, Roberto. Yes, I have been very busy in Control. Um, I'm about like thirty seven trophy percent of the trophies done. I just I'm just about to finish chapter six right now. So I only have four chapters to go because I think there's only like ten to fly, right? I really don't remember. I just remembered I couldn't stop playing. It's such a good game. Um, just the mechanics in that game. I I shit on them like a lot last week. I actually like when you <laughs> when you unlock like when you unlock levitate and like the other powers, it actually gets like really sick. The kind of things you can pull off in that game. Uh, it does have a lot of performance issues on a standard PlayStation Four. I've noticed that. It, a lot of like choppiness and a lot of like anytime you pause the game and like load it back up it like struggles to load back up like it's gonna crash my fucking playstation and blow it up it makes it hum like a jet like straight up it sounds like a jet taking off in my living room every time i or my game room every time i turn the turn the game on like it's one of the only games that still does that to my system nothing else really pushes like i've never seen a game push the ps4 like this game does and i I understand Kalai was saying last week that they had to patch this game to make it run on a OG PS4. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, because it's 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 really designed. It's, it's the pro can run it, but it's really designed for next gen systems. So one of the things when I played it, because my system is so good, it was like I was playing it on a PS5. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, that that's, isn't that the same problem? Because from what I've heard too, that's the same problem they had with Quantum Break. When they made Quantum Break, it, it, it broke Xboxes like left, right, and center. Did you say Quantum Break? No. Qu- Whoa. As you can see, Kali, I don't have children. Obviously, it hasn't broken yet. But yes, Quantum Break oh, for the okay. Xbox. Quantum Break for the Xbox. Like I remember that was the a big problem they had too, where they had to patch the shit out of it just to make it run properly because it was just crashing the shit out of Xboxes. But I mean, it's an Xbox, so it crashes all the time. So, <laughs> no, it was good. I like I mean, how everyone just good. goes silent. It just like if the crash just happened, it's just like watching a friggin' you guys just watch a mass murder happen where you just like sitting there just going, just well, I mean, sil- I felt, silence. When I was playing, I felt like I should get like. Uh, like a construction or like an air traffic control like hat and like some like uh those air traffic cones so I could like guide my PlayStation to a safe landing because it felt like it was gonna crash because you, get, you it, gotta okay I saw these on okay if you, just so everybody knows this is not uh we're not sponsored in any way I I just know that I looked up because there's a lot of people that have problems with their pros making like wind noises. And even just, like, regular ones now with a lot of the games that are coming out, like, the fans just kicking into overdrive. There is a... Someone made uh, little tiny clips you can get. They come in as a, a set of four that you clip into the side. It has little rubber bottoms, and it lifts your PlayStation maybe an inch off the off the level of your table. And the cool thing I was seeing with it, too, is, like, 
people have it where they stack their PlayStation, their Xbox on top of their PlayStation or their PlayStation on top of their Xbox. And they use these little things to hold it all together and they all stack up. Um, and it, they, they, they said it, it helps the circulation where it doesn't actually overheat the PlayStation. So it doesn't have the issues of having to kick in the fans. So they're like 20 bucks or something, but I have, I have an external, I actually have an external, um, uh, fan for my PS4 Pro, so don't feel bad. An external fan? What is it? Just like Kali? We're just gonna look over there, like Kali's Kali privilege, and it's gonna be like just this big giant like vacuum chamber around her like PlayStation, and then she's like, "Here, let me just." uh No, it's like a fifteen dollar accessory that you buy that stands the PS4 up, and it's a fan. No, how do you stand oh, it up? No, Corey, she would have liquid coolant in her PS4. Oh, yeah, right, right. No, you know what Kalai needs to do, and I'm amazed that Kalai never did this, is bought a big O system. Like, for those who... Okay, we all know I'm not a, a computer gamer. Joe's not really a computer gamer. I mean, Roberto's... Sick, though. Did you see? They actually came out with them. Like, you can physically buy a big O. Kalai, have you seen this? Clyde, do you know what a no? But as but as a woman, I would want a big O. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I couldn't help myself. It's okay. Well, I mean, that's what happens when it's that good. Oh, Bloom. this is bad. This is a podcast for hopefully everybody, and yeah, and no one okay. at the same time. You'll learn about it when you're yes. 15. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of Butt Stuff. Yeah. Keep going. Pretty much. But, Kalai, have you seen this Big O? Have you seen a Big no, O? No, I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so the Big O originally is made by Omen PCs. When it was first made, they made a concept design Big O, which has an Xbox, a PlayStation, a Switch dock, and a full-built, top-of-the-line gaming PC all in one case. All liquid-cooled, all everything and it has it so you can oh yeah 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 I, we talked yeah about yeah that. and it has the switches on the back they've made this where you can actually buy it you can actually buy a version of it that has a either you can choose a ps4 pro or an xbox one and you can have it built in and you can order that like well, i'm sorry that is the worst name ever i'm looking at it now the big oh that is the worst name ever guys that's when you look at it, you go oh they should have called it the big ah, though, right? Because, you know, oh gets a certain response, and ah gets, like, a different <laughs> response. <laughs> or they could have so, called it the oh, yeah, the oh, yeah machine. You go, nah, that's too close oh, to the oh, yeah, yeah, that piece of shit. And then you, they do a commercial where it, like, busts through a wall. They're like, oh, man. Wait, whose schemes are we talking Apparently about? Apparently mine, but we got, like, here. sidetracked. But, uh... Uh, what are you playing? Anything else, or should we move I'm on? I'm playing a lot, actually. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Just go to Corey. <laughs> what? No, you got to talk about how we played. We can talk no, about no, how it's we. Your turn, Corey. We talked about go. how we could play. Oh, we played we Dragon's Crown. Play. We played Dragon's Crown for a little bit. Um, yeah. I know Roberto, Kali. We all have experience playing Dragon's Crown. Yeah. It I really looks like I just got online privileges for that. For Dragon's Crown because it just said, "Oh, now you can select network, blah blah blah." Oh but snap! It's on, dude. Guess we got what a fourth we're doing person, Corey. Let's go. Uh, we have fourth... a full squad, dude. After my Buffalo Wild Wings, but anyway. Um, oh really? Tonight, sweet. Let's do eaten. it. I haven't eaten yet. So... That's fine. I'm not. Oh. I'm not questioning your your <laughs> hunger, sir. 
You need a Snickers, bro. Calm down. Yeah. Um. So Corey and I also um picked up a few games from the Japanese sale that we tend to play together. Um. That'll that'll be on our our other show that we might record if we ever record it. Um. (laughs) So he picked up Dragon Ball Z, um, Xenoverse Two, which I know Corey will talk about, so I won't talk about that. But what we did play, and actually we we we. 100% 100% kind of did something we talked about 100% yeah we 100%ed and beat um Capcom beat em up collection in like one day like the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> but it did was you pretty... post that on the backlog beatdown what happened no I'm did, I'm did saving up that? all my stuff for like a donk drop don't worry <laughs> donk oh, drop guys suck I know I'm gonna take a big a big a big donk on all of you guys yeah, because it was cut. Shout out to for, just for those who don't know, it was July or it was July. Jesus, I was like mixing Joe and Kali's name together. There we go. It's July's. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we're all too tired today. Um, it was Joe's birthday on Sunday, on the last. So bef- you're getting this on next Tuesday, which means last last Sunday. It was Joe's birthday, and so his wife uh, was nice enough to buy him some games, and so we ended up playing Capcom Beatdown together, and boy, what an experience that was. So we did something really cool, which we talked about doing for a while, which was like racing through a game. So we both started up each beat-em-up game, and we raced to see who could beat it the fastest. And then the last night, when we had like four games left, we had this stupid thing where we're like, hey, let's see who can get the 100% first. So we played four beat em ups in a row. It's like five hours of us just playing beat em ups. It was pretty fun though. Oh, and then and, and, I had to get called away to help my family, and Corey beat me, fair and square. Well, fair and square, of. fair and square though. If you would have came back and you would have played the entire time, I would have still beat you. Oh, that's right, because I had a, another game left over that I didn't think I had. Yeah, I'm like, why is it 100 percent unlocked? And I'm like, oh shit, I still have to beat another game. But that was that the most sucks. epic race ever, is when we did the final fight. Oh. And literally was like Joe's like I just killed the final boss and like literally within a, a second of a hair we were both behind each other and I did the same thing so it was it, it was a crazy experience that was for sure super fun especially yeah. right now in that that Japanese sale oh man big in Japan sale Dragon's Crown friggin Dragon Ball Z don't be like Joe don't be Joe don't buy okay so when you look up Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse there is two versions of it there's one that has Xenoverse 1. There's one that's Xenoverse 2. There's one that's a called the Super Pack, which comes with both. Now, if you're like everybody else, that's not Joe, you buy the Super Pack for the extra $2, so you get both Xenoverse 1 and 2. If you're like Joe, you spend an extra $7, and you buy them separately. Yeah, I did that. Oops. But more more on that when uh, me and Joe and uh, possibly Roberto are going to sit down and we're going to have our uh, new show called Pass or Play. And we're going to talk about uh, our big pass or plays with this new Big in Japan sale. So we'll talk more about that. But I guess um, I will talk about what I played. Now... As Joe was saying, we played Capcom beat em up, some uh, Dragon's Crown. Uh, one game that Joe touched on was uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Now, here I thought I was going to play another Dragon Ball game that was going to be the same bullshit as every other Dragon Ball game, where it's like, hey, guess what? Remember all those stories that you have replayed a hundred times over? 
Let's replay them again. No, it is different. I am actually surprised. I actually watched the cutscenes. I skipped the first couple ones because I thought it was going to be something the same. But it's new. It's a new story where you're part of the Time Police. Uh, for those who don't know, it's basically you're helping out Trunks. The bad guys have found a way to change time. And now you're going to fix it. And you build your own custom character. So you get to pick your own race, your own powers, how you like to play, your own custom stats. You build your character up. And then you're fighting beside... You have to train underneath all your favorite people to learn their specials and your different moves. Uh, right now, my character is the Majin Buu race. Uh, she is a female. She is blue. So I called her Fat Blue. Because, you know, why not? But for those who want something that's a fighting game, but also a little bit of an action adventure as well, and gives a little bit more different story on uh, the Dragon Ball Z universe, and you don't have the money to buy Kakarot, buy Xenoverse 2, or at least one, or both, if you're smart. And then other than that, the game that I have, I can't believe I put so many hours into this game, other than Animal Crossing and, and, and Golf Story, which I continuously play, is Need for Speed Heat. I, in two days, have beat Need for Speed Heat. <laughs> Good. Which uh, is about 12 hours long. Um, I've also unlocked the fastest car, and now I'm just collecting all the collectibles. I'm going to probably, there's a good chance I'm going to be very close to 100%ing or platinuming this game. It's it's brought me back from the old Carbon days, or the old Need for Speed Most Wanted days, where Need for Speed games were good. It's brought me back. The customization is good. I can customize wraps for my cars. I can make my cars look cool. Like, I have right now a, a 7, uh, what is it, a 77 Beetle. That goes 205 kilometer. Oh, sorry. It goes 150 miles per hour around off-road courses. And I've lowered <laughs> it. And it's got smoke coming out the back of it. And it's just, I go through trees. I just, this thing just hauls ass. And the cool thing I like about this one is they've really opened up where they've got rid of the stupid system that Payback came out with. Where it's like, hey, here's your off-road cars. Here's your drift cars. Here's your stupid friggin' race cars. Oh, hey, you don't like doing off-road? Fuck you. You still have to do it because that's part of the story. In this one, they're like, hey, you want to make your car off-road? Add off-road tires. There you go. Your car is now off-road. Fantastic. So you can custom... And the parts you have on one car can just move to another car. So you're not constantly having this bullshit problem of doing everything. But I, I kid you not, it is the best Need for Speed game that I've played in a long, long time. And that's the reason why I stayed up all night and then made the excuse that I was trying to reset my timetables or my sleep pattern when really I just really wanted to play Need for Speed for 18 straight hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wish I had the, the mojo again to stay up until 3. Lately I've been just falling asleep at like 11, like a late Oh, I haven't, I haven't slept yet. Now. I had a nap. I don't, how, I don't know how you can do it, like, like I, especially now. Get all things considered, there's no excuse. I gotta say. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, but in any case, uh, is that it, Corey? Um, that was pretty much it. Like, I mean, really, that's that's all I've been playing. Um, like I said, um there's not a whole lot. I'm trying to stick to two or three different games. I'm continuously beating, uh, just for an update. I am now uh seven chapters done on hard on Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, I'm at seventy 
five percent of the trophies, so I'm on my way to that plat for Final Fantasy VII. I'm still on chapter nine. If anybody wants to know, Joe needs to still get his shit together and beat the game, so we can talk about it on 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 somewhere that's not here. So what about you, Court uh, Kalai? What have you been playing? Oh, he just mixed you and me up, Court. I know. Like, Corey. so we got we got we got we got July, which is Joe and Kalai. We've got, you know, Kalai, but see, the thing is, it's, or how the heck would we mix that up? We could just <laughs> It's Korai. Like, Korai. There we go. Kurai. That's the name of the Kurai. episode. And then, oh, we can call it, and then we can, Roberto, you and me can have Cobert. Coberto. Coberto. Dude, that's, that's a sweet. The of, that's the name of this new show. Anyways. So, um, yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, I've been playing um, Borderlands, Do- the new Doom Eternal. It's <laughs> hard. It takes me a while. How is it, Kalai? I beat the pre. It's really good. How is it compared? Now, really my good. question is: I've had this question for everybody else. Like, compared to 2016, where's your preference on this? I think I asked this last week, but I'm still asking again because you've played more of it. It's the same to me. Is it harder? It- I mean, I found the first game hard, but I played it on harder difficulty, I believe. Um, I challenge myself. Even the easier difficulty is um, kind of hard. Uh, they do like to give you like close quarter combat with a lot of bigger enemies. So you gotta kind of like, because the whole point of the game is to move, and then they give you no place to move. So you gotta punch them right in the dick. Yeah, pretty much. And that doesn't always work. Understandable. But, I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's Doom. It's D- Doom Eternal... It's Doom. That's it. It's the same thing as Doom, just a new storyline. Or not even, it's new. It's like the same storyline. So, I like the first game. I don't have to, like, think about a complicated storyline with this, especially after playing stuff like Terminator Salvation and uh, Outer Worlds. I could just get in, shoot some things, and get out. Uh, I beat the pre-sequel, finally, over the weekend. Good. Yeah, on PC. And then I pretty much I played some Jackbox Party Pack with my fam with my friends. Oh, Jackbox Party Pack. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't done much of this from last week cuz like I said I've been doing a lot. No. Of- oh, and I played it I played a 12-hour game of Civ. That's why I haven't played much. Uh, quick question for you, Kali. How did you, uh, with your friends, just for people out there, um, especially during these times of having to try to keep social distancing to a thing, how did you uh, end up playing it? Because I know I did it with my family where we turned a laptop towards a TV, uh, opened up a Facebook messenger group, uh, started a chat, and then the one person would stream the, the video gameplay while we all logged in. Did you do the same kind of thing or did you Twitch stream it or did you... Like, throw it on a 85-inch, like, 1,000-inch TV outside, and everyone in the neighborhood could play with you, or, like, what's going on? We did it on Discord. Ah, the good old Discord. Yeah, so basically one person streamed it to Discord, and everybody else just logged in and played, and we logged on to Discord so we could see each other. Sounds like the good thing with PC gamers, it makes it smart. That is for sure. Yes, Yes, I, I played it on PC. I'm guessing you played it on... Uh, um... My brother played it on his Xbox, which is where part of the issue already ran in, because it was on Xbox. Um, I mean, if we had PlayStation, we could have, like, at least 
done something better with it, like streamed it to like YouTube or something like that, where there's not much of a delay. But what can you do? But I understand um, PC privilege. Does he have Game Pass? Uh, actually, I don't think he does. Surprisingly, he's um, a, he's a weird one. He owns an Xbox, but doesn't own anything Xbox. Gotcha. And Xbox, yeah. multiple so, Xboxes. Yeah, multiple Xboxes. Yeah. Yeah, so my friend just used uh, Discord to run the game. So it was really easy. We'll have to try PC that. Master Race. PC Master Race. So yeah. Alright, let's let's jump into the topic of the show. I really didn't play much. Um so we want to talk about how the leaks affect the industry. So this week, a disgruntled employee leaked most of The Last of Us Part 2 on YouTube. Of course, it was taken down as soon as it was figured out. But I believe this has caused them, we think this has caused them to up the date, street date, of The Last of Us Part 2. What do you think, Corey? We'll start with you. I mean, really, when I look at leaks, uh, the sad thing is there's there's a lot of companies that I think have been using leaks to actually, is just cheaper publicity. Because nowadays a trailer drops for something, or like if if t- if tomorrow all of a sudden uh, Rockstar was like, "Hey, here's a trailer. GTA Six is coming." We're like, "Okay, woo." But all of a sudden we get leaks going. There's a possibility that it takes place here, and it happens in this time or whatever, and everyone's like, <gasps> and like, reading it, and going on Reddit, and like, spamming everything, and doing a bunch of stuff, and, and it, it's sad, because we're having leaks of both kinds, we're having leaks that I think really hurt the industry, like the one with the leak of The Last of Us 2, where you're seeing Sony have to make address, make an addressing statement to what's going on, to like, be like, hey, yeah, okay, the game's done, uh, this is the date, because now we have to do something, because we've been pushed into this this they put into like a firing line and we have to make a decision of what we got to do and like i say there's a lot of companies where i think there's a lot of companies that purposely leak stuff i i I mean how often now are we seeing it where there's a lot of news that quote-unquote leaks or a game becomes popular because of some restriction to it and all of a sudden something neat happens with it 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 seems like that's the new norm it it just comes becomes a thing that I find where I think companies are it's a cheaper publicity stunt. Why not? Oh hey, some random leak popped up on the internet of a like PS5. We've got the Xbox right now. Xbox that released their new console. They've showed it to us. They've showed us the controller. They just showed us Project uh, Oasis. Um, like they're just showing everything. They're like, Hey, look at all this stuff. Look at Xbox. Look at all the things we've got, all this stuff. PlayStation's gone. This is the controller. This is what you're expecting to see with specs. And somehow PlayStation's like, everyone's like, Oh, let's make concepts of it. Let's make this. Let's make that. Let's, let's change the color of the controller. Cause we don't like the way it looks. And it's more popular than the Xbox. And then Microsoft's putting out these videos and holding press conferences and like putting out videos and just spamming the internet with actual stuff. And PlayStation's got more publicity with quote unquote leaks of what's going on. 
And so I think it's it's a very interesting thing. I know a lot of people have different opinions. Like I know Roberto, you're looking at because uh, you work with a lot of indie companies or pay attention to a lot. How does it, uh, leaks affected them recently with stuff going on? Oh, right now I haven't really talked to anybody regarding leaks. Um, I, I mean, I know that like you know when when people make video games, uh, especially the indie teams, like that's their baby, and they don't want anything to happen it's it is a very very risky tightrope between um when a game is completed and go or when a game's going through like you know bug testing and qa and then versus like that waiting for that release day because it's a lot of moving parts that have to move as perfectly as possible and if they don't move perfectly then it can completely botch the entire thing like um like square for enix for example last year they did not hesitate to put the ban hammer down on people who are sharing leaks from kingdom hearts 3 if you recall what happened was that the a walmart facility in north in the carolinas got access like there were there was a crate of games that was not that it was shipped it was just it you know but it was under strict embargo not to be released until the date and some you know jackhole decided to steal several copies of the game distribute them and start uploading them and then you know, at the cost of losing his job and probably suffering a lawsuit and all this other stuff, but, um, you know, but he wanted to get it out there, and it's like, that was, fortunately they didn't provide a lot of backfire, but it could have been because of the fact that now you were spoiling a game that people have waited 13 years for, so, um, it's like, that's, I, I just can tell you that that, it, it is, it is painfully nerve-wracking. Like, I think, like, it's, it's like, making a game is one thing. The stress of making a game is one thing. Trying to get something together, piece it together, take feedback, improve upon it, um, try and process it and make it cohesive. But that is the scariest moment, I think, for every developer between when the game is completed and when it comes out. Because you have to hold in your heart that everything you've done and every minute you spent and every sacrifice that's been spent financially, more, mentally, physically is going to be making the best possible game. And that, you know, if people are looking for hopefully financial success, not, not millions of units, but just something where it's like, hey, this is good. You know, it's, it's a make it or break it. Like right now, um, not to kind of digress, but today Lab Zero Games came, literally woke up to their game on Nintendo Switch, uh, Indivisible. And their publisher relations did not authorize that. It just showed up. And it's like the the basic copy of the game, the vanilla copy of the game, it's had like a lot of enhancements and updates on the PS4 and Xbox One versions. But the vanilla copies just, boom, they literally woke up to that. So it's it's a deal with public, public relations and marketing. So... Um, as to, to get back on topic with the with the Last of Us two, yeah, this this leak sucks. Um, it sucks. It's like this is this is this is not supposed to happen. I my heart bleeds for the team because it's just they've been working on this thing for the last like three four years now, and it's been under tight wraps, and all of that sacrifice and effort goes away. It, it is the literally the definition of like working on your thesis. And some asshole throws water on your computer to destroy your computer for shits and giggles. And you have no backup of that paper thesis. Like you would, that would, that would just be, that's like the worst thing. I, I, I never wish that upon anybody, not even my worst enemies, but 
that's kind of what this feels like. I know people want to look and think, well, you know, this was a, a, a ploy to, to, to market and better market the game. No, no, no. It's just, we, I don't, I insist and will 110% disagree with that just because this is a very fluid situation. Logistics is a bitch. That is the biggest thing I can say here. Um, it, I mean, pardon the language, but it is. Logistics, we get the easy part. UPS truck comes, you get a package, bada boom, you sign off on it, have a good day. But shipping a game is controlled chaos. Let that, con- that chaos get out. It is a nightmare beyond your wildest and worst imagination. Moving on. Um, who didn't get a chance to speak? Joe. I think leaks can drastically affect the industry. Um, not only can it just affect sales, but it affects people's livelihoods. Like, there's people that can get fired over this stuff. Like, people that were innocent in this whole thing. If it's their job to keep all this stuff under wraps and it leaks, they're like, well, you're the one who was supposed to control all this stuff. You're the public relations guy. You're the one that has to fix this problem now. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair that someone should have to clean up someone's mess that has nothing to do with this issue. What do you guys think of that, like, real quick? Well, I mean, we've seen it before where, um, what was it, three, four or five, was it three years ago or four years ago, we had that one worker that was basically working so hard on his game that he had it open on the subway on his on his laptop, which I, oh, I understand. The Crystal Dynamics guy? Yeah. Working on Tomb Raider? And, yeah, and I mean, it, it makes sense, but I mean, when you're working so hard, sometimes there's stuff that you just don't think about, and it's a leak that just, you know, it sucks for him because I, I wouldn't doubt it he probably lost his job due to it or something happened in that sense, but I mean, it, it's where, yeah, these guys are working day and night hard, so hard that, you know, it's pressuring for them, and it's just tough and it's shitty that stuff like this happens. And like I say, I don't think last of us is, is a leak to, to for publicity at all. This is definitely something where someone's very much out there to hurt the company, which really sucks because you know, it, it's just something where it's just damning on the, the industry itself. Now, now to play devil's advocate, do you guys think that maybe this leak could have been done due to outrage over the delay of the game? And like, cause my well, conspiracy theory no. still hold on, Roberto. My cons- oh. my conspiracy theory still is to this day that the game is done, and they pushed it back because they didn't have enough copies to sell to everyone, so they needed to delay it. They had no choice. No, um, I I have to completely disagree with that because also you have to remember this came um from a disgruntled employee, and for and also there was a report about crunch. Um, by Kotaku not too long ago at Naughty Dog and a bunch of other things that have happened. So we don't know what's going on. I mean, these guys get paid a lot to make video games. Like, uh, like, right. You got to work overtime sometimes, guys. Like, I I understand crunch is the thing and it sucks, but like, sometimes you got to work and there's other days you probably don't work as hard as other days. So, but now it's, 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 but crunch has become a big deal now, especially in regards to mental health and, how mental health can affect uh, people negatively when it comes to, um, when it comes to you know work ethics and well, work uh, you know work just workplace health. So maybe the industry um, should look at not creating stupid timelines like they do and announcing the release date to the public like they do. They don't need to do that. Like, there's no reason why they should be like when the game's in development. They're like, yeah, this game's and it's available July thirty July twenty fourth. I was saying the thirty fourth. There is no thirty fourth. It's available July 24th, guys. And then they have to come back like in June and be like, yeah, guys, you know that game we said is going to be ready in July? Well, it's not. 
how about you take a page out of like like id software's book where they don't tell you anything until the game's freaking done for the most part they're like oh uh, yeah we're working on this game and uh it comes out in three months just keep your yeah, shit under wraps you don't have these I mean, problems but crunch crunch isn't specific to the software isn't specific to the gaming industry specific to the software industry yeah crunch happens so- the, the problem with crunch and like i say i don't think it has to do with these people are putting in hours and all that and it's it's a crunchy time and they're trying to get the game done but a lot of the time too i think the problem that we're seeing as well is okay games before like my uncle used to work for ea and there would be games like when we were talking about ps2 area era and like ps3 era even a game would be in a development cycle of maybe a year maybe two three years at ea so you'd work on one game for two years you'd be done I mean, these guys are, like, working on the same game for four or five years. Like, this is their livelihood that they've literally put their sweat, blood, and tears into. And then all of a sudden, hey, guess what? Shit happens and something screws up, which affects them. And especially when we're seeing a lot of companies, a lot of developers now be paid royalties out of the game when it releases. That's a huge thing. And I, yeah, I mean, so that they want to hit sense. those deadlines. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think they take it lightly, especially with if they change release dates or like you know change what happens with games. But I know Kalai, because Kalai, you haven't really speaked on this topic too much. What's your opinion on this whole leaks thing? So, yes, I think they do leak games to get publicity, but unfortunately, I think that hurts the industry in general because, I mean, it's like leaking a movie online. You know, we are paying for an experience. You know, if you leak that experience, we're paying, we're not going to pay for that experience. Like, have you ever, like, the movie trailers. The movie trailers uh, have so much stuff in it sometimes, you're like, well, I just saw the whole movie in the trailer, I don't really need to go see the movie. I can could, I could see that point. So, I... Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's, like, Termi- yeah, like, Termi- Termi- like, ter- like, not to call, but just an example. <laughs> Terminator Genesis. Oh, shit, um, here it comes. Not, no, 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 not, not, not the one that just came out, but... The one that came out in 2015, before I met all y'all. Um, so, so, literally, so it's five years ago, so you're able to spoil the movie. Gotcha. Okay, yep. Continue. Well, it wasn't me that spoils the trailer. I mean, the movie. It's the trailer. <laughs> the, literally, the second or, or last trailer before that movie came out shows John Connor, the adult John Connor with the guy from Zero Dark Thirty, gets shot. And then he comes up, and it turns out he's a robot. A cyborg who's been molecularly configured into a cyborg through nanites and now like his blood and bones have been configured into a terminator and which is actually pretty cool but they spoil it in the movie in the trailer and like it's like oh the terminator genesis reported a loss of whatever million dollars no kidding because the guy who thought that was a good idea was someone who should never ever work in the film industry ever again especially marketing like, go ahead and promote, like, you know, what, uh, my pillow or something. Not that. My pillow. <laughs> yeah, spoil my pillow. <laughs> it's just a pillow from America. Kali, I can see where your where your head's at with like spoiling a movie, but I think spoiling a game is completely different because people spoil games every day on YouTube. Like, people stream games and they literally spoil them for people around the world. Like, yeah, it's your choice to have it spoiled for you, and this is it's always your choice to have something spoiled for you. You have. You have, um, in our day and age, you have the ability to avoid technology if you wanted to. You can go, you can shut yourself off of social media. You can, you can take, you know, 
you can go off the grid as they say so i i really don't I don't buy it that when things leak, like it's really that as detrimental as it as it could be because like you could just avoid the media altogether. The only thing it it hurts sales because if I can get something for free, why would I pay for it? It's like it's like do people really still pay for music nowadays? Like honestly. Yeah, I I to be perfectly honest with you, you're correct. You can avoid stuff. Like I don't get watching Twitch. I'd rather go play the game. Yeah, I never got it um, either. Sometimes never got how it became so big. Every every once in a while, I'll like watch like like a Japanese game I might want, but otherwise I won't watch anything. But sometimes those leaks are inadvertently spoiled. I mean, come on, let's look at Roberto who keeps spoiling movies for me. It's not like I'm physically going out to look for this stuff. It's just happening. Oh, it's like and that the yeah no, I get it. It's like it's like I was listening to a uh, shout out to Nintendo Dual Screens. Oh, sorry, Dual Screens podcast now. Don't want to say their name wrong in the show. But anyway, I was listening to one of their episodes lately, and they literally talked about how Steven was reading an article about Final Fantasy VII Remake, and in the last sentence of the article, it ruined the entire ending of the game. Because it told him everything. Did you listen to that? Yes, but he didn't spoil it on the show, but he oh, but the article gotcha. he, but the article he, he read it. spoiled the ending for him. And now he's hesitant uh... on whether he wants to finish the experience or not. Yeah, and IGN is terrible at that. So, like, I don't... I, like, if I saw, you know, oh, this game's been leaked, I'm not going to click on the article because I don't want to read it. But IGN will be like, oh, you know, Marcus returns in Gears 1 or whatever. And you're like, really? Yeah, just spoiled it in the headline. Yeah, that's so, it, that's the big issue I find today. Is like That's why, like, when, I, when Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, and I told Joe this, I'm like, I'm going to beat this. And he's like, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm like, I'm beating this as quickly as humanly possible because even just titles through my feeds, through Facebook or through YouTube are going to spoil this game for me at some point. So I need to get shit done and and do something about it. Yeah, I can't play um, Red Dead Redemption 1 because it was spoiled for me. You mean Red Dead Redemption 2? No, I mean Red Dead Redemption 1. No, I think I spoiled that. And to be no, fair, you didn't spoil that. well, on the topic of movies, like my my social studies uh, or history teacher, and he's cool, very good man. Um, I hope he's doing well. But he talked about we, we were, I forgot how we got in this conversation in the class. He talked. He, he briefly mentioned the Sixth Sense and then spoiled it. I was just like, great! I can't watch the movie now. And I didn't watch the movie until two thousand and like eighteen. When I, I went to go see with my friend who lives in Pennsylvania. But yeah, like he spoiled it. And I was like, okay, I'm just not going to see this anymore. <laughs> it's like M. Night, so, any M. Night Shyamalan movie. As soon as you hear the ending, you're like, fuck. I can't go see the right, movie. Now, all his movies mean? suck anyway, so I don't watch them anymore. Whoa, no, whoa, nah, he's trash. Whoa, he's trash. End of story. Move whoa. on. Anyways, yeah, move on. Um, But anyways, so yeah, it's this. I think that. The you know leaks. I think now, like you, I don't wouldn't call it something of a ploy anymore. Like to to use in marketing. I mean, because you already have tweets in Twitter. I mean, one of the most retweeted things ever was when Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven did beep. That was it. Beep. It was like kind of like a way to like alert people and kind of give them a little bit of something that they wanted. And that was to say Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is still alive. That was back in twenty eighteen. And then even the new crisis. Um, 
the new crisis announcement that was like you know data received and then bada boom you know the um the next day well actually it was like it, it, i think it was planned to be announced later on that day after that initial tweet but then the the cookie thing the, the little like oh we have cookies that kind of spoiled it so <laughs> but it was expected but in any case um yeah so it's i think now it's just you already have twitter and you got social media you like you can drop little viral things little teases of things already so there's no really point for a leak so what about um, the, the one leak that i've been seeing constantly and it's been constantly happening every month is playstation plus games we've been literally for like the last <clears throat> i don't know almost year every time before the, the the release of two days or a couple days before they're supposed to announce what the games are they get leaked what they are which the game by that doesn't count no no no, no but but the game, by the way, that I was thinking of was Contrast for the PS4. For those who haven't looked at it, it's a PS Plus game. It's kind of like Roberto was talking about. Anyway, but but yeah, no, I think those do count, those leaks, though. They're still leaks. They still happen. But I think it puts people off. Like, right now, the leak for PlayStation Plus is that we're getting dead Dark Souls Remastered and uh, Dying <laughs> and Dying Light. And as you yes! can see... And then, as you can see with Joe's response, Joe bought Dark Souls Remastered. <laughs> and I and almost is... pulled the trigger on Dying Light this week, so I'm so happy I'm getting that shit for free. Okay, but, but this is the thing. So we don't know if this is for free yet. So see, this is the thing that, that is one of those things where like there's sales and there's big things and, and where someone like Joe... I mean, Joe pulls the trigger and buys games all the time whether or not they're on sale, and then they come on PS, PS Plus, he's like, oh, man... Why did I buy that game? I should have just waited till it was on PS Plus. And I'm like, that's like every game Joe owns. But, you know, besides the point, it's it's like we're seeing leaks like that all the time, too, where it's like, what's going to be free this week? Or we'll see leaks of DLC that's coming out for, for things or, you know, patch updates or, you know, it's just one of those things where I think we're getting to the point where I don't think there are leaks anymore. It's just like someone found something out. And PlayStation's gonna talk about it at some point, and here's an early picture of it. <laughs> like it's, it's just it's becoming not they're just not as common. They're just super common now. It's like everyone's got diarrhea. It's just they're just shooting it all over the place. There's leaks everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's head over to our questions from our Facebook group. Levi asks, why is Terminator Resistance so awesome? Well, I guess it's just because they finally, you know, they finally got together and had a vision and executed it. Um, especially this is this is the same team that, keep in mind, made that so bad it's okay it's okay Rambo video game. Um, and they just probably thought and said, "Hey, we need to do better." And I'm guessing they just they went back to watching T1 and T2 and said, "Hey, let's," and maybe even played the, some of the older arcade games and said, "Let's do that." And um, that's how we got what we got. What about you, Kalai? I think the game is amazing because, first of all, it actually captures the spirit of Terminator in a first-person shooter, which is very appropriate for the Terminator genre. Uh, a lot of the old movie games were like, oh, hey, here's a movie game. Oh, it's a beat-em-up, or it's something that's not akin to what the spirit of the movie was. So that's one of the reasons. The second reason is 
is that they do make the Terminators very powerful. So it's not like you're running in there and blowing everything away. Sometimes you can't do that. Sometimes you actually have to like sneak through or run through to get to the next part. There's many parts where I just ran through everything and it was like, okay, I got to the next part. Because it makes you feel how the characters in the movie felt, how hopeless this this enemy was. Like, literally... And then... Yeah. Oh, you were going to add one more thing? I was going to say the last thing I was going to say is the ending is very epic and movie quality, just like in the movie. So instead of, like, some campy, stupid ending, they, like, do this all-out battle that makes you feel like it would be an all-out battle in the end of a Terminator movie. Yeah, and, like, and there's different Terminator units, and you need to use your tactics, like, to, to be able to defeat them or sneak by them. And I would say, like, it does emphasize the strength of the T-800 units. Um, you know, it, it, like, I mean, you get your plasma cannon later on, and you can actually, you know, take them on. But they're pretty dangerous. They're not, um, they're not one to be trifled with, you know, because they're, they're T-800 Terminator units. They're steel. You know, you can't stop it. You can't really kill it, you know. It won't stop coming until you're dead. So, um, yeah, it is it is a, a a big surprise, to be sure, you know. I mean, I wish they got a little more, um, I wish there was, like, a Nintendo Switch port so more people would just talk about it and, and I don't know, just kind of raise the stakes because um, maybe even put these guys in charge of the Fast and Furious video game that was supposed to come out this year. You know, that one that showed during the Spike TV Video Game Awards that looked like a PS2 game? Still coming <laughs> out. Still coming out, like, next month, I think. I haven't heard a thing about it. I, yeah. I hope they push that back. Uh, no, it comes out in June. It was, supposed to, it was supposed to come out and to time it with the uh, Fast Furious 9, but that's been... They pushed that back to May 21st, 2021. So what is it, like a first-person shooter or what? For Terminator? No, for Fast and Furious. It's like know, a driving it's... slash action driving game. Driving actions. So I like guess Mad Max? Like split... Mad Max, Split Second, uh... Oh my god, twisted metal a little bit. Um, nah, that type of thing. It's more like from what it looked like, it looked like it was like a like a driver type game. Where like you but you can get out of the car and do shit like the last driver game, like the very last one they made. Where they were trying to do stuff with the franchise and not just keep it stagnant. Yeah. The driver one that sucked. Francisco. Oh, yeah, yeah, Francisco. yeah, the one that sucked cuz they tried to do way too much. No, I disagree. Those games, that game was awesome. It, like, I, no, no, no. Driver it, 3 was the one that sucked. Yeah, because the San Francisco, I mean, not to digress too much, but San Francisco, like, you're in this guy's head because he's in a coma, and then, you know, you play around, like, Inception a bit, you know, and it's, like, to figure out the case. Like, I thought that was a brilliant idea. And you know what was, was a great game? It was the Getaway. Yeah, I never played that, but I heard it was, oh. I would like to see that. Getaway 2 is even better than the first one, though. It is. Yeah. Moving on. Um, What's the next one, Kalai? That's it, I think. That's it, yep. Thank you, Levi, for your question. I mean, I have a question for everyone. We talk about leaks. Uh, what gives you the shits? Anyways, <laughs> if you like us, please subscribe and rate us. You can check out our Twitter at GameStuffCast. We have a Facebook group. Just search GameStuff Podcast and ask for an invite. We'll invite you. We have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash proven gamer. We also have a merchandise store. We can get some really cool hoodies or a mug. Uh, that information is in my show notes. You can just click on the link and make it easier. He's your driving. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, I am at Kalai21 on Twitter. That's K-A-L-A-I, number 21. Roberto's at jehuti88. That's J-E-H-U-T-Y 88. 
Corey is at the Grounded Gamer, double D, no E. And Joe is at Mr. TMNT84. That's M, capital M, R, capital T, M, N, T, 84. Um, we are also sponsored by Amazon. Just go to ProvenGamer.com, click on any Amazon link, and do your shopping like normal. It helps out the site and doesn't cost you any money. You can also um, click our link to the Humble Bundle store. Uh, we support the charity Extra Life. Uh, so just click on that link. Go get some cool cheap PC games or some Switch games. And if you like this show, check out our other shows. We have the Trophy Horse and, of course, PG Spoilers. Um, I also want to thank Isaac Sago, who did our logo and the band Take Away the Ugly. And I want to say thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Game Stuff. Stay safe, stay well, stay healthy, get a good rest, wash your hands, may the force be with you, and uh, it's gonna be May. Day? Are we supposed to finish that? Was I supposed to finish that sentence? Anyway, you guys, talk to you guys later. Uh, keep healthy, keep well, like Roberto says. Catch you guys next week. Hey guys, just keep playing video games, alright? Stay safe out there.